How you doing? Hey, there we go. Right, Riven Factory team, do you want to quickly just come stand at the front just for two minutes so everyone can see who we are? If you're a part of the team, just come and stand up the front. That'd be great. Right, there'll be a few more who are outside, so um, you'll see them in the t-shirts. But we just want to say, this is the, the Rhythm Factory team, and we've got a uh, mixture of people on the, actually on the survey on the Rhythm Factory, and we've got some people on the sides as well, and they're here to pray for you guys as well at the end, if, if you'd like it. But it's just as uh, we're all volunteers, right? So we all give up a week to be a part of the Rhythm Factory, and there's one reason really why we do it, and it's because we absolutely love you guys to pieces. Right, and we want to see your, guys, your lives change massively through being here this week. And so we are so for you. And all of us are here this week to help you in any single way possible. We're all friendly and we all know what you're like. And we're still here because we're excited to spend a week with you. So get to know our faces, all right? There will be different ones speaking, different ones sort of leading the meetings each week. But just to let you know, you can come and talk to us about anything at any point. Is that all right? Great, we love you guys already. You're very, very welcome. How many people is this the first time to New Day? Ah, okay, all right, which means look, you guys have probably done the Rhythm Factory seminar before, most of you. Great, really unresponsive. That's good because it means you guys have come back for another year, so enjoyed it last year. We've got more of the same in store, so get ready for a great week. I'm going to pass you over to Emma. Let's give Emma a massive round of applause. Hello everyone. Okay, can we try that again? You've got to be a bit louder. Hello everyone. Okay, you guys need to wake up in it. Were you bored in there? No? All right, cool. Okay, so, um, hi. How, so how many of you have been to a, a Rhythm Factory seminar before? Okay. So then the rest of you guys, you've not been to a Rhythm Factory seminar before. Um, cool. So what we do in the Rhythm Factory is we're just all about real life. We're all about fun. Um, but yeah, we're all about equipping you with living your life in faith. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing in our Rhythm Factory seminars um, all through this week. So it's called Fight Club. Can everyone say Fight Club? Okay, so that's what the theme is for this week. So if you've not been here before, um, what we do is we'll be talking about issues that affect us all in our everyday life. Um, and we want to equip you with how to handle that kind of stuff, how to go about it um, in a way that is going to be good for you and encouraging for others as well. Um, so I'm speaking today um, and I've actually been to New Day an awful lot before. So I've been at New Day, I realised this this morning and I was like, oh my days, why am I still here? Um, but I've been here since I was 12. Guys, that is so long. So I've come ever since I was 12 years old um, and I've, be, I've literally sat in seminars exactly like you guys. I've sat and watched speakers and some speakers I've been like, what are they saying? And other speakers I'm like, yeah, that's so great. But it's just all over the place sometimes and we're at different seasons in our faith all of us are on a different journey and I know that for myself I would come to New Day and feel pretty different every single year how many of you guys have been to New Day before yeah oh like loads of you amazing so maybe this feels a little bit different to last year um but yeah whatever um you're feeling right now we just want you guys to be open and it's a brand new week an exciting time for you guys and we are so excited to have you all here um so let's pray before we begin shall we let's close our eyes and bow our heads yeah lord god i thank you um for this 
time that we've got together this morning, God, I thank you that you are here. God, I thank you that you knew every single person that was going to walk into this tent. I thank you, God, that you've got a plan and a purpose for their lives. And I pray, Jesus, that you'll help us to open our hearts this morning to hear from you um, and that we respond um, with integrity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So I'm speaking on what's your weapon. Can you all say, what's your weapon? Okay, I'm going to put my timer on so that I don't talk for too long. Is that all right? Okay, Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Emma. Um, That's my husband. Everyone say woo. Okay, thanks. Come on, guys, you need to wake up. Um, So what else about me? So I live in Greenwich in London. Does anyone else live in London? cool okay and like I said I've been coming to New Day for an awful long time and I probably shouldn't still be here um but I've been doing Rhythm Factory for a few years now do you know the first time I ever actually spoke in a seminar I was 16 um and I did it with Livy Gibbs over in the um Just for Girls seminar and I was so nervous all my days and I remember she just before the seminar she was like oh I think I'm gonna change what we're gonna say And I was like, no, wait, I've been practicing this for like three weeks. You can't change it now. And I was so scared. But it was amazing. And it was a great, um, New Day's just a great place for you to just step out in new gifts and um, be really confident and bold. And yeah, it's a great environment to do stuff like that. Um, So if you don't know me, or if you do know me, actually, you will know that I absolutely love dogs. Yeah, does anyone else love dogs? Yeah, okay, so I love dogs so much that I got a job as a dog walker. Um, So I used to walk this little dog, I don't do it anymore, but I used to walk this little dog called Barley. Can anyone see that? Yeah, say, oh, okay, so Barley is quite cute, um, but Barley was like the clumsiest dog in the world. He was like, just not really a very nice dog. Does anyone not like dogs? Yeah, okay. Quite a few of us. So Barley was just a little bit annoying. He was kind of cute. But basically, every single time you let him off the lead, he would just be gone. He would either like chase the nearest child or like jump on another animal or just be crazy. And you wouldn't ever be able to get him back. He was tiny, but he was so fast. So I was like, right, I'm not doing this. I'm never letting this dog off the lead ever again. Until I found this field. And it was like this big field with nobody else in it there were no climbing frames there was no children about and there were these massive fences all the way around I was like you know what this is where me and Bali are gonna come and that's where I'd go so I'd take him every day we would go to this field um and we would just wander I was so calm and chilled because I knew he couldn't run away we had these massive fences around us I was feeling confident I was feeling secure and one day just like any other day I let him off the lead he's chasing his tail running around in a circle I'm just like looking at my phone strolling along then all of a sudden Bali sees something and I don't know what it was that he saw but he started running really fast in a straight line towards the back of the field so I'm like okay wait one second one second one second so I'm like trying to run a bit faster and now I'm like chasing him because he's going so fast and poof he's gone he just vanished like literally from before my eyes this dog vanished it was like some kind of magic trick I was like what is happening so I ran to like the place where he vanished and I saw that in this big strong fence there was a tiny barley-shaped hole in it. So I'm like, oh my days, he's gone through the fence. 
And past this fence, I can't see anything else. It's massive. There's big bushes the other side. And then I hear screaming. Now, this isn't just like a normal scream or a few screams. This is the sound of about 20 boys screaming. It was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Then I just heard a few little barks and I was like, this is Bali. Bali is causing an absolute madness somewhere that I can't see. So I'm like, okay, I need to get through this fence. And I can't get through this hole because Bali's like quarter of the size of me. So I can't fit through it. So I'm like running up and down this fence to try and find if there's a little gap in it. And I find this tiny gap right in the corner and I squeeze through and it's all like scratching me. And then there's all these bushes. So I'm climbing through and I come out And I am in the middle of a school football field. It was so embarrassing. Bali was there chasing the whole year 11 football team around the pitch. He was having the time of his life. He was like, all these people are here to play with me. He was like, I've hit the jackpot. I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to do. The teacher by this point had already picked up the ball to like hold it in the air so that Bali wouldn't bite any of them. So I'm like, Bali, Bali. Bali and he's not listening to me obviously so I run over and I try and grab him and he does that thing if any of you guys have dogs you'll know how annoying this is but he does that thing when he like pretends that he's gonna like wait for you and then as soon as you get close he like drops to the floor and rolls and runs away so now everyone's laughing at me while I'm chasing this dog around and I finally manage to grab him I snap his lead on and I'm like I will never let you off the lead ever again And we march off and I'm like, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. It went up and again, sorry. And all these poor boys, they're traumatized. And I'm like, do you know what? That fence, it completely let me down. This fence, it promised me so much security. It promised me safety. It made me think I could walk confidently through this field. But I couldn't. It let me down. How many times have you guys put your confidence in something and it's completely let you down? I know I definitely have done that so many times. I love those videos of, you know, like when you see people walking on the catwalk and they've got really high heels on and they're like wobbling all all over the place. That's like, I see that as a representation of when we put our confidence in something and it just lets us down. It's embarrassing. But you know what? It happens to us so much throughout life. And we put our confidence in so many different things. And all of us, I guarantee, not even based on statistics, but just based on life in general, I guarantee that every single person in this room is facing some kind of battle. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small, but I know that every single one of us will be facing something in our life. But I want to ask you today, what is your weapon? How are you fighting that battle? How are you taking it on? What are you putting your confidence in? That's what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this week. We're going to be looking at the things that we put our confidence in. We're going to be looking at the battles that we face. Every day we're going to be looking at a different kind of battle that is presented to us as a generation. Tomorrow we're going to be looking at relationships. The next day we're going to be... What are we going to be doing? The next day we're going to be um, looking at materialism and about what the world promises us with money and possessions and stuff. And we're going to have a really good interview about that. Then we're going to have some of our team actually come and be really honest about some of the battles that they're facing. And then we're going to um, have an interview with two people who have had an incredible and crazy story and how they've actually got through, and how they've managed to put their confidence in God despite everything that's happened to them. So it's going to be an epic week, um, but we're going to learn how to fight well, because we're all facing battles, but we need to fight it with God. So let's just say again, Fight Club. Amazing. Cool. So can any of you tell me, 
a famous fight that happened in the Bible? Yes, David and Goliath. It's probably one of the most famous fights in the Bible. Probably most of us will know it in this room, but just as a little recap, basically the story of David and Goliath goes a little bit like this. So um, Goliath is this massive giant and he keeps coming to the Israelites and saying, who's going to fight me? And if anybody can take him down, then it means that they can overthrow the Philistines where Goliath's from. But if Goliath wins, which he's like really likely to win because he's massive, then the Israelites have to become their slaves. Now, every day the army, it goes, they go up to their lines and wait and see if someone's going to step out to fight Goliath, but nobody ever does. And then there's this little boy called David. Now, he's not actually in the army, but his brothers are. So he's been told, you need to go and take some supplies to your brothers. So he goes to the battle lines and he drops off these supplies. And as he's going, he hears this big giant coming out and taunting them the way he has done for the last 40 days. And David's like, who's this guy? Why does he think he can talk to us like this? Doesn't he know who we are? We're children of God. He can't come against us. And he's giving it the big end and everyone's like, oh, shut up, David. And then David's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fight him. So no one else is stepping up to the mark. But Dave, so they're like, right, well, you can have a go, I guess. But, you know, David actually, he previously fought a lion and he fought a bear. The Bible actually tells us this. It's true. Um, so David, he's actually like quite equipped for this, but he doesn't want to take any weapons. He's like, no, this is God's battle. We're God's children and God is going to protect us. So he goes and he fights Goliath. And we all know how the story goes. He steps to the battle lines with a slingshot and a few stones. And Goliath is actually laughing at him, saying, what are you to come at me with sticks? And David says this to him. He says, um, he says, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. David was so confident and we know how the story goes. He wins the battle, the slingshot or the stone goes straight into Goliath's head and then he goes over to Goliath, takes his sword and he chops his head off. Kind of gross. So that's the story of David and Goliath. And it would kind of be a bit um, cliche if that was going to be our story for the week. So I want to take you just a few chapters later. And we want to look at a bit of a battle that happened there. So if you are taking notes today, um, then I want you to write down 1 Samuel 21. Can everyone say 1 Samuel 21? Okay. Now this bit of the story is basically after David has won the battle against Goliath. Now, he is super popular at this point. So he is like the absolute man. He's basically like Gareth Bale of his time, I guess. Everybody loves him. He can do no wrong. Um, And the king starts to get a bit jealous because the king's like, hang on a second. I'm the king. Everyone's meant to love me the most, but they're all loving David. So the king's like, right, that's it. I'm going to kill him. Bit of a crazy thing to get to straight away but you know so he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him that's it I'm I'm done with this guy I'm not having him take all my glory so um the king's son he loves David even loads as well probably more than his dad so he tells David oh by the way my dad's gonna kill you so I think you need to make a run for it and David's like what what have I done I haven't done anything so David decides to flee he makes a run for it he is terrified but this is the guy that just killed a giant. Why is he so scared? Why is he afraid? He's the guy that's killed a lion and a bear. But now he's scared of this king who's saying he wants to kill him. So what David does is he goes to the temple 
um, pretending that he's on the king's business and he says he's, he's looking for a weapon. So let's see what happens here. We're going to read the verse. This is from the message version. So it says, David asked Ahimelech. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, can everyone say Ahimelech? Then that would just make me feel like I'm saying it right. Okay, so David asked Ahimelech, do you have a spear or sword of any kind around here? I, I didn't have a chance to grab my weapons. The king's mission was urgent and I left in a hurry. Liar. Um, the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine that you killed at Oak Valley, that's here. It's behind the ephod wrapped in a cloth. If you want it, take it. But there's nothing else here. Oh, said David. There's no sword like that. Give it to me. The funny thing about this story is that why on earth, first of all, was David going to a temple for some weapons? That's like going to church for a weapon. You just wouldn't really look for a weapon there. Um, And secondly, David knew that that sword was there because he put it there. So when he chopped off Goliath's head, you can kind of like keep the sword as a medal of honor. But because David was like, no, this was the Lord's battle. The the Lord won this for us. He was like, no, I'm going to give it back to God. So he placed it in the temple. But now David wants the sword back. Why does he want it back? He's fearful. He's afraid. Maybe he's anxious and worried that his life is at danger. So David wants back this sword. But it's the loser's sword. It's like, come on, David, you want to kind of scream at your Bible when you're reading this. Remember the guy that you were a few chapters ago saying that this is the battle of the Lord. But he takes this weapon and basically he drags it around Goliath's hometown. So this, his hometown was called Gath and he goes there because he's like, okay, no one's going to recognize me there. So he drags this sword around and then somebody recognizes him. So he must be pretty scared. See, I imagine him dragging it round, kind of like amping himself up, being the big man, like, yeah, come on, David, you can do this. Remember the confidence that you once had. Remember that battle that you won. Yeah, come on, you're protected. You've got a weapon. You've got a sword. You're going to be fine. And then someone recognizes him. And let's see what happens. When David realized that he had been recognized, he panicked. Fearing the worst from Achish, king of Gath. So right there, while they were looking at him, he pretended to go crazy, pounding his head on the city gate and foaming at the mouth, spit dripping from his beard. Achish took one look at him and said to his servants, can't you see he's crazy? Why did you let him in here? Don't you think I have enough crazy people to put up with as it is without adding another? Get him out of here. David is like the shell of a man that he was before. He's, he's not this confident guy that we saw in the fight against Goliath. He's now afraid. He's acting like he's out of his mind just so that he can get away. But he's not being strong and he's not being confident. The thing is, he put his confidence in something that was never going to give him what he needed. He put his confidence in the sword and it completely let him down. So many of us, we face different kinds of battles And for some of us, it is a physical battle. Maybe your life is at risk. Maybe there are people that are coming against you and you need to protect yourself. You need to protect your friends and your family. So the weapon that you have is a physical weapon. You carry a knife to protect yourself, to protect your family. Or maybe for others of us, it's more of a metaphorical weapon. Maybe it's a more of a metaphorical battle. It's a battle with anxiety and depression 
And the, the weapon that we hold on to is things like self-harm. Because we think, if I do this to myself, then nothing else will feel quite as bad. Or maybe there's other kind of battles that we're facing of identity. So we're putting our hope and our confidence in just getting this many likes on social media. If I put these kind of pictures up, loads of people will be interested in me. Loads of people will tell me that I look good and then I'll feel better about myself. But how do we know that that always disappoints? Always disappoints. It's never, ever enough. And you know, I can stand here today and say that I have done stuff like that myself. I've grown up as a Christian in a Christian home, yet still I would look to put my confidence in other places. I would see that what the world had to offer, the world is telling me that money, popularity, relationships, that's all that matters. That's, that's what's going to make me feel good. So I try it and it leaves you worse off than you were before. You see, we think if we get into a kind of relationship with a certain type of person that we're going to feel validated but often we end up just feeling worse off. There's so many situations in life where we reach for the wrong things, but it's only been since I realized I had a personal revelation for myself that I was created for God and by God. So nothing else in this world was ever going to satisfy me. And that's a personal revelation that I had to have for myself. It didn't come from somebody standing at the front and telling me. It came from me listening to God and me opening my heart. And that's what we want to do with you guys this week. We don't want to just talk at you. We want to give you opportunity for interaction. We want to give you opportunity to respond because we know that real change only happens when we really connect with God for ourselves, when we have that personal relationship. So for me, that was what I faced. And I knew that I had to put my confidence in God. I knew that I had to say, do you know what? I put my trust in you. And it's a constant daily decision. It's not a one-time thing at New Day. It wasn't the one time that I put my hand up and said, yes, I want to be a Christian and my life was forever good. No, it's a constant battle and a constant choice. If I can invite the worship leader to come up, um, we're going to finish in a minute. But just before we finish, um, I just want to share with you. So my, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, is Exodus 14, verse 14. Um, And it says this, it says, the Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. I don't know about you guys, but I find it kind of annoying when there's bits in the Bible that tell us stuff that seem really simple, but actually they're really hard. So it's like, you only need to be still, but you're like, you have no idea the madness that is going on around me. I can't just be still, I can't do nothing. So what does being still look like? Well, for me, in my life, it was when I was, when, when a family member is ill, I don't fret and worry and get anxious about it, but I meet their needs that I can and I pray that God will do the rest. For me, that's being still, that's being confident. Or maybe it was when I was younger and I thought, oh, I'm never going to meet someone, I'm never going to get married, maybe no one will ever like me. And so me and my mum, some of you might know this story, it's a sort of silly one, but me and my mum, we, we prayed for the kind of person that I wanted to meet, the kind of man that I wanted to marry. And it was a bit of a joke at the time. But do you know, it left me with so much peace and so much confidence because I was like, oh yeah, I've told God about this. And if I actually believe that God is who he says he is, then he's heard me. And I don't need to make myself look a certain way. I don't need to act a certain way. I don't need to go to certain places to meet this kind of person. I can be completely myself and God will just bring him along if it's meant to be. And he did. 
But that's what being confident in God is like. It's like we we have this conversation with him and we believe that he is true. We believe that what he says about himself is true and we put our trust in that so we can walk in confidence and boldness throughout our whole life. So I don't know what kind of battles that you're facing in here. And I'm pretty sure for a lot of you, they're battles bigger than what I have ever known for myself. But I know for 100% certain that God is so much bigger than every single one of these battles. I want to go back to the start of the story. So the the story of David and Goliath, the bit that I said I wasn't really going to talk much about. I don't know how many of you guys were in the big top last night, but um, did you hear Joe speaking about what Jesus did for us? Yeah, put your hand up if you were in there last night. Yeah, so pretty much every single one of us last night heard the gospel story. We heard that Jesus came to save us. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but actually so many stories in the Bible point to that one bigger story, that one story of God's rescue mission for humanity, his rescue mission for you and me, because he loves us so, so much that he sent Jesus, his son. And the story of David and Goliath points to that story so clearly. You see, you may have heard preachers before say, be like David, be confident in God, step out and um, put your trust in him and take on your giants. But actually, in this story, we're not David. Jesus is David. We're the Israelites. We're the ones who stood on those battle lines and we didn't have the strength ourselves to fight these battles. Actually, we had to put our trust in God. We had to let him fight the battle because, you know, when Jesus came and he fought the giant, he fought every single giant that we would ever face. He fought the giant of sin. He fought the giant of shame. He fought the giant of guilt. He fought the giant of anxiety and depression. He fought every single giant that comes against us in our lives and he slayed it. It is finished. It is done. And we can rejoice and we can live in freedom. So why are we still living like people who are facing battle? Why are we still living entrapped in what's going on around us and not putting our trust in God? Jesus has done it once and for all. It is done. It is finished. So I want you guys to know today and for the rest of this week that whatever battle you are facing, you put your trust in God because it's deeper than what we see in the physical. There is so much more that goes on around us in the spiritual and we need to be aware of that and we need to put our trust in God.